This is Dyson Shubi X, the podcast, episode 175 for the week of May 17th, 2009. Welcome to Dyson Shubi X. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Daisenshu EX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Hey, Mary over there. Howdy, D. What's up, yo? I'm fine. Wrapping up our weekend. I'm not used to doing the podcast this late. Hello. I know. It's becoming a trend, I think. I know. We'll see if I get it out tonight. Maybe tomorrow morning. I don't know. Don't I think push yourself. Most stuff bub. is ready to go. Scan a couple of pictures and I'm good to go. You're Mary. Good. Yeah, if we uh, stay at the top of our game, hopefully we won't have much editing for you to do. I'm hoping so. Hoping so. Record well over here. No fuck-ups or die. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So you're Mary. That leaves me, Mike, over here, Vegito EX. We were trying to get Julian on this weekend, but our schedules just uh, could not sync up with each other. We were maybe going to record this morning, his Sunday night, but... Then I slept through my alarm and got up and I didn't even have anything hooked up. Uh, I brought the mixer and everything over to Jeff's to record Low Fidelity a couple days ago. So, unfortunately, Julian will not be joining us this week. We hope to hear from him again soon. It feels like it's been forever since we talked to him. Oh, I know. Big time. I miss Julian. We miss him. He's our... I think everyone misses him. Yes. So we need a letter writing campaign to get Julian back on the show. Not that it really affects anything one way or the other. It's not like he's not coming back. But I think we need to show Julian some appreciation. I want that. Mary, we got uh, news. We got we have a music-filled episode. This oh, week. yay. I like that because as I always describe the podcasts... It's an audio format. It makes sense to do as many audio things as we can do with it. So I'm looking forward to that. Last week, we started off with sharing a, a new song, kind of something exclusive for the podcast that we get um, a, a really fun time sharing with everyone, something they probably have never heard before. Last week, we started it off with a bang with a Chipmunks cover of Head Chala. We have another version of Head Chala for everyone this week before we get into the meat of the show. Let me tell you about this one. Uh, I got an email from a guy named Vitek over in Spain. Uh, I'm just going to read the email for you. Hello, I am a music producer from Spain named Vitek. A few years ago, I made a rare version of two Dragon Ball songs, originally released in Spain in 2005 in a CD named Vitek Anime Music Experience. I'll be pleased if you want to let people get it for free from your website. Regards, Vitek. It's so sweet. It's awesome. So we are going to play it for you here on the show, and we will be making it uh, available for download on the website as well. The music downloads section on the site is going to get a little bit of an upgrade here with these fun exclusive tunes we're getting from people so i'm really looking forward to sharing that so uh why don't i spin this for you here cover of chala head chala from vtex anime music experience
What did you think about that one? I like it. It, it makes you want to cool. just lie down and close my eyes and listen to Chala Hedgela. <laughs> I like that. I've talked about this on Low Fidelity, second time I'm plugging it. But I have a very specific playlist that I've made called Chill Out Music. And this is going to be a perfect addition to it. It's exactly Hell that. yeah. Where I just lay back and I chill out with some good slow jams. Well, at first so. I didn't realize it was Chala Hedgela. Really? really? Until you didn't I, at first. Yeah, it was just so nice and slow, and it's really, really different. I love it. Very cool. So, uh, big thanks to VTech. We actually have another track from him coming next week, also from DBZ, so look forward to that. So now that we got some stuff out of the way, I do have some housekeeping to take care of. Marry the DVD guide on Daizen 2 EX. It's all pretty. It's uh, all yeah. up to date. I yeah. am so happy. I hear you've been giving it a lot of attention. I have. In desperate need of updates. Definitely. You know, the DBZ TV series, I'm actually pretty convinced that Funimation does the things they do just to make it difficult for me to lay out the DVD guide in a coherent way. Oh, someone has illusions of grandeur. <laughs> Delusions of grandeur? Yeah, well, yeah, they could be illusions too. <laughs> we could be phantoms. Of course I'm kidding. However, uh, I think what I've done is made it a little more streamlined, at least the DBZ TV section, where I've listed all of the season sets on that front page and then underneath it, uh, all the singles from before. You check out the page. Uh, let me know if it makes sense to you. If you have any better ideas on how to lay out this information, that's the thing I'm really struggling with. There was with. a shit ton of information when I was looking at it. Yeah, there's just a lot of stuff. A it's lot just, of di- info. How do you display it to make it make sense to someone who doesn't know? Because that's the problem. Is If you don't know this stuff already, it doesn't make sense. I mean, we have three versions of the release. Whatever, go check out the page. Uh, hopefully, you can make sense of it because I sure can't anymore. And then the uh, Kai tidbit has gotten some updates as well. Just a couple things keeping you up to date. Mary, uh, we checked out that hidden camera footage of the full performance of Dragon's Soul. It's got that little head shala guitar riff in the middle. It felt like really voyeuristic just the way it was shot. I kind (laughs) of felt dirty watching it. I know, I know. I liked it It was neat though. A live performance and yeah, the ending was totally worth it. We'll talk about this in the releases, but the uh, CD single for Dragon's Soul comes out I think next week. So I'm looking forward to getting that in. That is that. So before we talk about some Kai and our topic for the week, which is music related, let's hit some quick news. Only bit of news we got for you this week is something that just popped up last breaking night. Breaking news. I love that. breaking stuff. It prevents me from going to bed, but that's all right. This is coming from... Yeah, but it got us um, able to... I can't... My grammar is wonderful. <laughs> We're able to post this uh, news on the show thanks to us recording late, so that's, that's pretty cool. Very true. Thank you. Always looking on the brighter side of life over here. I try. I, I like try. That. When I'm not being, you know, hopelessly negative, I try and look for the silver lining. <laughs> Thank you. So this is coming from the latest fiscal report from Namco Bantai. And on page 10 here, they're talking about uh, quarter two of the 09-10 fiscal year. Uh, we have Dragon Ball Z new, a, a new game, a new product coming out. There's no specific name to it, but they do say that whatever this is will be coming in quarter two. So that's going to be anywhere from October to March, and they expect to sell 100,000 copies of it. Across Europe and Japan, specifically listed as such, North America is not listed there. That's pretty interesting. We've been talking about uh, Namco Bandai and Infogrames over in Europe, and this distribution partner's little side business, this arrangement they have to distribute each other's stuff. Maybe that's going to come into play with this. And then on top of that, Atari's sublicense with Funimation expires in January 2010. So they have less than a year 
year to go with that. So I think it's going to be a very interesting next year was for us here in North America anyway with regards to Dragon Ball games. Still no word on Dragon Ball Kai for DS whether that's coming out over here. So Mary, any any thoughts on this video game situation? Um, what are they basing this eight hundred thousand on? Uh, do you know if you have any other sales figures for other games that they've put out recently? I'm just wondering if they're trying to do comps or if they have like really high expectations for this game for whatever reason. I'm just <laughs> well, wondering where they're what they're basing this on. For another comparison in here, uh, there's two that I'll give you. Is uh, Tekken Six? It looks like they're looking at two million for that, and then down on the lower end is Wii Ski and Snowboard for the Wii, uh, forty thousand. So I guess they're judging from what they've sold before in relation to other properties that they have. That's what they're looking to sell. Okay. That's all the news. Interesting stuff. I guess I'm not surprised that they are putting out a new game. I mean, it just is par for the course at this point. Just uh, year after year, got to pump out a new Dragon Ball game. It's actually a little bit of a break in between the main console games. Break is good. Yeah, break it is. should be encouraged. Absolutely. Absolutely. Breaks are needed to get me excited about DBZ video games because I am not in general. Damn straight. More development time, better games, more excitement. The longer time passes, I'm with More you. betterer. More betterer. So with more betterer in mind, let us talk about the latest episode of Kai. Mary, we watched episode 7 today. Yes, we did. Kai. I think for me, the uh, best way to sum it up would be felt like a regular Z episode. It did, and not in a good way, to me at least. I, I was kind of bored by it. I almost felt like, really? They cut stuff out? Because it seems like it's dragging along. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, he caught both Bubbles and Gregory in one episode, which was good. They didn't drag it out, and yet it still felt kind of slow to me, probably because it was just mostly flip-flopping between Goku's going-ons on Kaio's planet and then training, and not much else. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot going on this episode. This just felt like the in-between. Uh, we did see in the preview for the next episode, Vegeta and Nappa will land. Uh, so we know that's coming soon. So let's just move away from the pacing and talk about everything else that we usually talk about. The music, the voices. Hikaru Midorikawa, one line again. All right, they're putting that man to work. <laughs> you said... Uh, you didn't... It's because he probably commands like a lot of money per word. True. <laughs> like, let's cut our attention on as, <laughs> as much, much as, as we can. <laughs> Very very true. Uh, you were saying that you didn't expect him to go so low. He I've never heard lower. him go so deep before, except for like maybe 16, and to a lesser extent, Paiku Han, which I forgot he played both guys. <laughs> like every time he's on the show, I forget he played the the characters before. Right. And then I'm like, oh yeah, you know, he's no stranger to Dragon Ball Z, but just very minor roles. So um, yeah, it, it didn't sound like him at all. It was different. It is. I'm really looking forward to more attention, Han. I want to hear what his take on the character is going to be. There's that. Uh, that guitar piece that we were very conflicted about in episode 6 made a return here this time with everyone training up with uh, Kami and Mr. Popo uh, again I'm I'm not sure how I feel about it with it's modern rock feeling. it reminds you too much of dub doesn't it it does I just don't think it fits like I understand yeah let's get them pumped up because they're training but, but it's hard to mask a 20-year-old show with modern-sounding music. That, yeah, exactly. I think it's too much of a contrast between what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. However, I mean, I do like kind of rockish stuff, but it almost... I do, I do. I don't know. I'm not sure. There's something about it that I did like, and I ever got... Oh, 
wait, no. I think at some point in the song they added like some kind of almost a techno-ish kind of beat to it. A little extra backing to it. Yeah, yeah. All right. That's one thing I remember, which I also have no opinion on okay. just yet. <laughs> Anything else with music and voices? I'm starting to remember the music, and it's yes, only episode you seven. You're humming along with that. No, I'm humming along with the recap music. I think it's a variation on that. Oh, right, right. That one, too. Yeah. How do you feel about this Dragon Soul jingle that's being played? I think it's being played more than the Hedgehala jingle was played in the original. I don't know if it's going to get overused this way. But to me, I didn't really notice. Okay. To me, it's sticking out that way. Anything else music related? You're hearing a lot of repeats, so you're saying you're getting to know it by now? I mean, I don't think they're overdoing music. I think they're leaving in enough white noise when characters are talking. Right. Which is good because I hate when they feel the need to put music on every single second of the show, but I think they're doing a good job at that. Yeah. How about redrawn stuff? I think there was only one instance where I, I noticed really glaring. I don't remember if it was Gohan and Piccolo hitting each other, but there was just one little thing there. Everything else seemed pretty standard. No real censoring to talk about this episode. Nothing to cut out. So As far as drawing and art styles go, it, it only just occurred to me that because they're hacking episodes left and right, we're going to probably see like yeah. bad animation days mixed in with good yes. animation days in any given episode. This was not one of the best. uh, Goku's neck was really long and thin in this particular episode, and so was everyone else. But I I think that's a good point to make, that we're going to get spliced good and bad animation days. Unless they redraw it to make it more consistent. I I don't know if they'd go that extra mile, but... Maybe the really bad stuff. I know a lot of people are talking about some of those episodes where, uh, before the Cell games, where it gets really, really bad. Really? When? Um... I'm thinking in particular it's uh, Trunks when he's using his uh, Ultra Super Saiyan form versus Cell. There's like no features to anyone. It's just really bland. Oh, okay. I've only seen those like once or twice. Yeah. So I don't really remember. So for those really, really bad animation days, I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle that. Motion blurs. Motion blurs. <laughs> That's right. Dissolves in motion blurs. Cover it up as much as possible. Anything else this episode is pretty slow. It felt like a Z episode to me. Yeah, but it was like a transitional episode going into the aliens arriving. Whoa. <laughs> There's a lot of jokes in this episode. And even though yeah. I don't know Japanese, I was able to just laugh along just because everyone's reactions were so funny. Like... Kaio someone just cracking himself up every two seconds. I think you said something about there was a shoe my joke. Yeah, he was making a shoe and a shoe my joke. I'm like, they already made that joke with the character's shoe and my. And I think he followed up with a gyoza, a gyoza joke, which again, they've already done. So I think it's funny. Maybe they're. He didn't get the memo, Kaio sama. <laughs> Kaio, he has no idea what's going on. Um. I don't have a whole lot to say about this episode. No, it was good. It was just good. Just good. Just all right. It was just all right. I thought it was just all right. I wouldn't even classify it as good. I thought it was just all right. I'm looking forward to where it goes from here because we have more characters, more chances to do more with music and animation, new effects maybe. You know what? I'll take just all right just fine because to me that's a testament to the skill of the producers behind Kai. Oh, I... I'm thinking if I'm not noticing anything glaringly off about it, like if it's passing as a regular Uh Z episode, then good. The more seamless it is, the better, because I don't want to be made aware too much that I'm watching something that's hacked and slashed. You know, we're talking this week about an episode that's just all right, and we're so much more positive about it than we were last week when we were talking about all the terrible things being done with it and having to defend ourselves saying we don't always say how much we love it. So that's very enthralling to me, that the more mediocre it is, the more we seem to like it. I think we're messed up. (laughs) I think so, too. (laughs) That doesn't sound right at all. (laughs) We're Dragon Ball fans. This is how we roll. That's how it is. Indeed. Anything else you want to say about Kai Episode 7? We're done. All right. Let's move on to some more musical topics. 
We are going to be reviewing two CDs for you this week. One of them is something that came out a while ago. We've mentioned on the show before, but thanks to a donation, we were able to uh, pick it up and we've been giving it a more formal look. We're going to have a full written review of it up on the site in addition to the podcast. And the other is another recent release that we have not talked about in any uh, official capacity. We're going to give you a full review on that as well. So the first one we're going to talk about came out in July 2008 from a band called Maximum the Hormone. We are, of course, talking about the CD single Sume 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 slash F. And F being a tribute to the wonderful character Frieza from the Dragon Ball series. Mary, you remember when we first heard this song? I do. I I nearly had a heart attack. It was it was like a dream. Not in like, oh, it's so dreamy. It was like, oh my god, this thing exists. Oh my god, a band I like made a song about Frieza. Oh my god, they're actually mentioning characters. Holy freaking crap, I love these guys. They're the <laughs> coolest nerds ever. Let's take it back to uh, when you first learned about Maximum the Hormone as a group. I think we all kind of came to them the same way. That would be by way of Death Note. That's right. We all saw the second season opening and ending. It was kind of a collective, lols, isn't that so crazy? It's loud, and it's got funny visuals. Isn't and that And the F-word. And the F-word. <laughs> Not Frieza. <laughs> right, right, different F-word. I think after we got used to that, and especially the ending, Zetsubo Billy, which is a much more traditional kind of rock song than the just screaming. And then we picked up the full length, which ended up being one of my favorite albums of the year. Just amazing music beginning to end. What I love about Maximum the Hormone, and this is something that I've seen other reviews bash them for, it's kind of their maniacal style where it'll go from just this complete screaming song to a totally bubblegum pop clap-along the very next moment. People bash that? Yeah. I think it's a riot. (laughs) It throws you for a loop. I think it's a riot, too, but I think there's more to it than just being funny and just being a shtick. When you really examine, like, the song structure... It's impressive. It It really is impressive. It flows and it's seamless the songs feel like coherent thoughts and i love that about the band so to hear that they did a song about one of my favorite characters in the series i am all about this so we got a chance to pick up the cd the cover art itself is like this hyper stylized version of punk rock cds we would have had in the 80s and the 90s and i love that such a great style they've done some stuff like that before but i think this one takes it to a whole new level this is crazy seeing it coming out of japan it just seems very american having that kind of art style true but you know japan's always 10 to 20 years behind us so it makes sense for them to come out with something like this the packaging does have some hints to what the song contents are going to be. Uh, if you look inside the where you put the CD, which is the back of the back cover, if that makes sense, you lift up the CD, there's a shot of space and three planets, and there's a green planet right in the center where the uh, CD hole is. And then on the very back, there's the list of the three songs and an empty Frieza hover chair. So right there, you know there's going to be some crazy-ass shit going on with this. The first song is Sume Sume Sume. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's not really one of my favorite Maximum the Hormone songs. I think it does some things well. Uh, this is one where it goes from this crazy guitar and bass to some of the mid-range vocals, and then there's growling, and then that's when it turns into the poppy, upbeat chorus, which is kind of a par for the course Maximum the Hormone, where it doesn't do much else besides just go between these different motions in the song. I think it's it's an interesting song. It's not the best. I may be a little biased because I'm gearing up for track two. So let's just leave Sume 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 behind and talk about F, which is the song all about Frieza. <laughs> what a, 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 what
Mary, I leave it to you. <sighs> Where do we begin? The beginning is very scary. <laughs> and it is scary even for Maxwell the hormones. I wrote about this in the review because the beginning of this song is something that's going to scare people away. And I think unless they're ready for it, unless they know what they're getting themselves into, the beginning and even the song as a whole could really turn them off. You got to go into it with a certain kind of mindset. And I don't want to say you have to research this band before you start listening it, listening to it because that's just not right. I mean, when we you first saw Death Note, we something. just saw the stuff and we were caught by surprise. So maybe being surprised is a good way to get into it because <laughs> then you can make the judgment yourself whether or not you want to, you know, go the extra mile to learn more about them or if you say, this isn't my cup of tea, whatever. Right. Um. So where am I going with this? I don't know. Anywhere you want. Is just the overall sound or any specific lyrics within it or the tone of it? Well, it goes from the very, very scary beginning and to be honest, I don't think it ventures much into the whole poppy realm. No, this song definitely does not. It it strays a little bit just from being less hard, it but it's still more. Down. But it's still pretty hard the whole way through. Absolutely, it's a very scary song. Um, it's been a while since I've listened to it. I don't really know the lyrics, but they do shout out character names and they shout out events that happen in the show. So there's pretty much no question as to what this is about. Absolutely, you know, even if you miss things here and there, uh, he's growling these lyrics. Uh, you miss those. There's, there's, you're going to pick out something, whether it's the chanting of the character's name in the chorus. I mean, that's going to hit you. That's the, the selling head. point. <laughs> Absolutely. But he does mention, uh, I should say, the band does mention a whole bunch of other characters, all of Ginyutok Sentai, even Kui and lots of other stuff. And they even describe Frieza like his upper arms are pink, pink, pink. <laughs> what I wrote about here is the lyrics, they kind of contrast the tone of the song a little bit. Some of them are almost silly. Lines like that is up her arms are pink, pink, pink. But then there's some other ones which are, I don't really want to say profound because that's not right, but they're much more serious. Things like, even those who bow to him are burned to cinders. And I think that describes it's Frieza true. so well. I yes. love it to death. Oh, man. I love that they're otaku. Maximum <laughs> the hormone. Or, I mean, I shouldn't really say that because I know Dragon Ball is just a fixture of Japanese society that you don't need to be an otaku to like it. But right. I like to pretend that Maximum the hormone are all nerds. Well, taking it back a little further, Mary, I think you'll remember this. We were watching uh, one of their DVDs, Debo versus Debo. Uh, the drummer gets the audience singing Romantic Agario, <laughs> which is funny because we'll be talking about that very soon. So they kind of had precedent for being Dragon Ball fans. That's in true. Should have been tipped off by that. I know, I know. Well, not that I would ever hear that concert scene and then think maybe someday they'll do a Dragon Ball song. <laughs> I, I, I think it's hard to draw that conclusion, but damn. And yeah. look what happened. It's unbelievable. Anyway, I think it's a good song. Um, just all the nods to characters and events in the show is hey, just a fan Boy's dream. Another nod in there. Speaking of Romantico Aguario, the bass breakdown of this song. Oh, yeah! Does, and it's Romantico Gimme. I mean, there, you cannot dispute the attention to detail that went into this song. So many wonderful things relating to Dragon Ball. Tell me, what are your general thoughts on this, Mike? I love the song to death. It's not as maniacal in the switching between genres of songs that some of their other music is. I think this is a, just a solid rock song. It's rock isn't, I don't know, metal? Kind of a metal slash rock, whatever you want. It's Maximum the Hormone playing loud music. And I love it. And it's about a character I love. I love it because once I hear it, like for a good day or two, I just go around saying, freeze, Oh, I know. Freeze, freeze, freeze. There seems to be the general consensus about the song. It's infectious. It gets in your yeah, head. Just like Frieza. He gets in your head. <laughs> there you go. Somehow, that was kind of a stretch. 
So other than those two songs, there is one other. It's called Kill All the 394. It's kind of an afterthought for this. It ends really quick. And this is one where it kind of showcases the cover art, where it's very much an 80s or 90s uh, punk scene song, where it, the way I described it in my review is it moves from a circle pit song to a dance and chant song within a minute's time. And that's the maximum the hormone I'm talking about. Unfortunately, it just ends too quickly. But it does end in their classic Quack, which was a staple of their 2005 album. I love that. So it, it ends in classic maximum the hormone fashion, even though it gets in and out pretty quick. So final thoughts on this uh, CD single. It's about 12 bucks if you're going to pick it up. And for Dragon Ball fans, I mean, there's really only one song they would be after. So who do you think should get this, Mary? Um, Fans of hard music in general will probably find something they like in all three tracks. Yes. Uh, Dragon Ball fans who are willing to shell out a bit of money on something quirky will probably like it. That, that's how I said it. I think the collectors should absolutely grab this. But unless you're actively going to listen to it, it's kind of a novelty item. Um, there's no video on this, is there? No, it's just okay, the three so songs. So there's no bells and whistles. There's just the three tracks and that's it. Yep. That's so it's it. even less incentive for non-hardcore people to get it. I think it's worth it, though. I love the song. This is the kind of thing where if you're ordering other things and you want to make the shipping price worth it, throw this into your cart. I, I think that works really well. So I love the CD single. Uh, if you're a hardcore fan absolutely grab it. If you don't think you're going to listen to the song a lot, maybe pass on it, but depends on what you're ordering next, I suppose. So there you go. That's the first review. So I want to give a shout out to Sailor Spaz who made this review possible uh, with a little donation getting it out to us. So thank you very much. With that out of the way, we will do another CD single review. Can you believe it? This is a more recent one. This one came out on April 22nd of this year in 09. Give you a little background on this. Uh, I had no idea what was going on. Never heard of this group. No idea this was coming out until our buddy over in Japan, K17, sent us an email in uh, March and said a new group by the name of Sherry was going to be releasing their debut CD single. And wouldn't you know it, the lead track was yet another cover of Romantico Agueruyo, which is the ending theme to the original Dragon Ball TV series. Another cover. Another one. I think we're up to like five. No, maybe we're, more. We're way beyond five at this point. This we're in the scary. eight or nine territory, I think. So right off the bat, we kind of have a negative bias kind against it. Kind of burned out. <laughs> a little bit. The way we are with Dragon Ball video games is the way we are about Romantico Agueruyo. The thing is with me, I don't even like the song that much to begin with. So having cover after cover after cover is just really wearing me down, man. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's all right as a song. It's not my favorite Dragon Ball song. It's too girly to be a Dragon Ball song. So, and maybe that's why all these chippies keep covering it. Very Somehow true. breaking into the music industry by way of Dragon Ball music. Absolutely. So we get this in. It's very pink. There's five chippies on the cover. Pop it in. We start listening to it. Harry, what's your immediate thoughts on... Uh, well, I want to talk about the cover more than I want to talk about the music. Okay, how how does that sound? Talk about the cover then. Um, so they're all wearing pink variations on pink outfits and they're all holding random objects and posing in different ways and they all have different hairdos and they... Um, all pout, kind of. And that's it. And you know, this is something I wrote in the review. You start listening to this song, you would know there's more than one girl in the oh, group. Oh, absolutely. Due to my biggest complaint, and definitely probably your biggest complaint, 
complaint yeah. too is the voice modulation stuff I going on and auto tune. Yeah, the auto tune makes it impossible to discern one girl from the next. So yeah, I don't care if it's a five girl pop group; it all just sounds like one robotic alien singing this song. Speaking of five, the song is five minutes and twenty one seconds long. That's the first thing you see. It's already killing you at that point. The song doesn't need to be that long with yet another cover of it. So before a minute's even up, we've got auto tune vocals, really, really tiny sounding electronic instrumentation in the back. And I just think it's completely uninspired. It's weak. It's, it's just uh, so underpowered. There's nothing powerful about it. It just seems incredibly half-assed. There is one thing about it that I liked, and that is right before it kicks into, um, I guess it's not even the chorus. Um, it's kind of like this pause, and then there's like a few notes of a guitar, uh, acoustic guitar riff. Ah, uh, you got it. I wrote about this in the review. Oh, well. no yep. shit! Yep. <laughs> You know me, I love a mix of acoustic guitar and electronic stuff. This is exactly what I wrote, uh, where I like that mix of the acoustic guitar. It's a welcome addition to all the other junk in here. Everything else is just so mechanical and soulless that having that little acoustic guitar riff in there, I was like, oh, do more of that, please. I would like that. In fact, I would just love an acoustic version of the song, just like around a campfire or something. That would be cute. I agree with you completely. Roasting marshmallows, (laughs) roasting pink girls with their little plastic guns. Anything else you want to say about it? Sherry can die. No. um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how they plan on building a career around this sound. Um, It's a... It's another cover song we do not need. Yeah. Because it brought nothing new to the table, unfortunately. We'll get back to that with the final thoughts. I do want to take in the tracks two and three. Track two is a song called Separate. You know, I was really disappointed after the first. I figured, well, it can only go up from here. It's a little better than the first track. You can actually make, uh, you can discern the difference between some of the ladies singing here, which is helpful because you, you see five of them you want to hear more than just one but this is an example of a song that just doesn't go anywhere it's got nothing to it it's a complete throwaway and that's just really sad and then track three is separate the ajapai goes to brazil mix which is i think we determine that ajapai is a producer or whatever it is this is the epitome of remixes that i can't stand the point of a remix is to take elements of the song that are really great and bring them into a new context and make something cool with them if you only take very minimal elements of that song and put them over random backing can you even call it a remix anymore it almost feels like you just stamp oh forget you this is terrible It's terrible. I hated this. So final thoughts on it. I think the problem with this is doing a cover of Romantico Aguirre at this point is not going to separate you from anyone else out there, especially when we've had people like Shoko Nakagawa, who's kind of like the queen of the otaku at the moment. She made a music video with the song. And she looked like Bulma, for Christ's sake. Well, kind of. (laughs) Wearing like the clothes and doing the poses. It's a little creepy, but at least, you know, she's definitely putting that effort into it. Well, that's what I'm talking about. You know, in 07, we had Shoko Nakagawa that put it out, and then in 08, we even had the original performer, Ushio Hashimoto, on the Inazuma Challenger. I mean, we've had more inspired examples in the previous two years. So these girls are coming out with another cover of this song. That's not going to separate themselves. 
See what I did there? Separate? <laughs> From the the rest of the crowd. And their terrible performances aren't going to help them either. So like, Clearly the these idol here. groups are not meant to be known for their performances. They just have to look pretty. And they're kind of cute, I guess. With that in mind, I just do not see the point of this release. To sell CDs to otaku like you. Mm, thank you. So it was 12 bucks. I can't recommend this. I mean, if you're can get it really cheap you use somewhere i I guess go for it i don't know mary spend your money on the f thing the maximum the hormone cd instead definitely So while we were really down on this, I do want to thank Lewis for the donation to pick this up. I think it helps people because we can talk about it, play some sound samples, and save your money if you don't think you're interested in it, which I'm hoping you're not because there wasn't much to write home about with this. So there you go. That was uh, Maximum, The Hormone, and Sherry, two very, very different ends of the spectrum here from music. That's true. Very good. That's all I got for you this week. We're going to have some more music in the future. Uh, we've got that Dragon Soul CD single coming, and then the month after that, there's uh, Yeah Break care break coming out lots of new music to talk about very excited but with that out of the way we're going to move on to some releases we are most of the way through may right now so let us cruise through the last couple things coming out on the 19th we've got this big dragon ball volume 4 this covers tongue cobone graphic novel volumes 10 through 12 it's 17.99 and uh amazon's actually already got it out for you to order right now and they're still doing the pre-order price of 12.23 even though it's in stock so uh, definitely pick that up if you are behind or need to fill in some holes also got dragon ball z season 9 from funimation their last set of the orange bricks Finally, uh, some sort of consistent release beginning to end. $49.98, manufacturer's suggested retail price. However, $29.99 over on Amazon, so save yourself $20. 254 to $291, the end of the series. Also finishing out another round of stuff, they've got DBZ Movies 12 and 13, the remastered double feature set coming. The DVD's $29.98, Amazon's got $18.99 though. The Blu-ray is $34.98. Again, Amazon here, rocking your socks off with the prices, $19.99. Save about $15 bucks there very good people have already been putting up uh comparison images on our site uh, oh sweet i guess they've been shipping a little early i personally think fast. they're a little too saturated a little too much that's always been an issue though. it is but uh in terms of funimation and releases these are the best things they've done so far have been the the remastered movies 20 bucks get a blu-ray there not too shabby yeah yeah i'm kind of curious myself maybe we'll pick it up. we need another movie one so we should no <laughs> no not movie one <laughs> i want one of the later ones where the colors are insane nah movie one movie one Movie 13, Bitches and Hoes, yeah. Mary, May 20th. May 20th, a Wednesday. It's a Dragon Soul CD single. It's the opening theme to Dragon Ball Kai, in case you didn't know, performed by Takayoshi Tanimoto under the group name Dragon Soul. There's a, a regular and a limited edition of these CDs. We don't have a full track listing just yet. I but know, we still don't have it. It's coming out like a week. Maybe it's just one song. And then a remix, <laughs> and then another remix, and then the Achapai Goes to Brazil remix of Dragon Soul. Um, Anyway, you can find this over at CG CD Japan. I do want to pipe in that uh, we are getting in two copies of both the opening and the ending. And uh, when we review them, we will be giving away a copy. And I did get the limited edition, thanks to donations out there. Woohoo! 
So look forward to that. Mary, Contest. one other thing, though. All right, Dragon Ball Z Volume 33 for the Spanish audience. Uh, Region 2 PAL, two-disc set, La Saga Debut, and it covers episodes 264 through 270. Get them for 24.95 euros on ZonaDVD.com. Thank you much. So with releases out of the way, let's do some emails. Mary, first one here from Perrin. They write, Hello, Dyson X. I just wanted to say thank you for providing an entertaining and informative show. I happened to stumble upon your website about a week ago while doing research on something to do with DBZ. While your site did not have the answers I was looking for, I decided to give your podcast a listen anyway after it showed up on the top of about 30 different DBZ-related Google searches. Yes! Sweet. I gave your last three or four episodes a listen and downloaded a couple of your older episodes as well. I plan to keep coming Coming back each week to check for new episodes, and I just want to let you know you have a new listener who enjoys the show. Excellent. Yes, hook, line, and sinker. That's right. I do want to know uh, what you were looking for, what you wanted to know. If it's and how we can rectify this. <laughs> That's right. We will correct this. We will make Unless it's fan. power levels. <laughs> and it will not be on the website. Go away. Don't care. Don't know. That's fine. Uh, parent, yeah, let us know. What were you looking for? Did you find the answer you were looking for? Would you like us to uh, fact check it for you? Happy to do it. That's what we do week in, week out. I just I, I just like the pat on the back email every once in a while. Mary, I'm going to ask you to read another one All from right. Anthony. Anthony writes, hello, Mike, Mary, and Julian. My name is Anthony. I've been listening to the podcast for about a year or so now, and I thought I should actually write you guys. And uh, what I really want to tell you is how amazing this site is, as well as the podcast. I've been a Dragon Ball fan for about 10 years or so, ever since the good old Toonami days. And I remember I found your site in some... Little Beckett Collector magazine. Did that day change my fandom forever? Sadly, I forgot about the site and my love of Dragon Ball till I rediscovered it some time later. Ever since then, I'm no longer a closet otaku and I've even separated myself from the Funimation dub. However, since I'm only 15, my budget consisting of lunch money really stops me from getting the Dragon Ball singles. <laughs> Sad face. I wanted to thank you guys for keeping me entertained and informed throughout the years, and I think I can speak for all of your fans when I say, you're just simply awesome. Thanks so much for everything. Thank you. What other pat on the back? <laughs> I know. Um, I like to comment on people's ages, though. Yes, yeah, so they would have been five when they found your site, so I don't know. I guess no, I, I'm an old fogey, so I think They've it's... been a Dragon Ball fan for ten years. Okay, okay. But they did find my site in the good old Toonami days, which itself was Eight a, years ago, a while so, ago, so they would have been seven on the internet. I don't know. Seven-year-olds on the internet makes I have me a problem very. With that. I, I, I'd be very scared to be a parent nowadays. I Absolutely. Say. <laughs> anyway, we digress. Beckett uh, Collector magazine, huh? Yeah, about this. Uh, while we were moving, Mary, I did dig up a issue of a Beckett magazine where I was listed alongside the Black Goku with the full Fs. I love that oh, they were. Oh yeah. I remember being both amused ecstatic and appalled that I was linked alongside like a wares site in a magazine. Very, very strange. Uh, I did scan it and put it up over on my personal blog, so I will link this. It's just a funny relic from the past seeing Dyson X in print. And he- here's I wonder the thing. if I was in that. I think I got linked at Well, some you got point. ripped off from that Australian one. I didn't get ripped off. Yeah, you did. Remember, they like asked you for information and they never credited you. Yeah, and, and I've been getting their magazine since then. <laughs> 
and now my mom takes. Does your them. mom still get it? She gets them and she gives them to her class or her students, it's and they're K-Zone, like, "Whoa, right? yeah, K Zone." <laughs> I love it. Uh, where's like, th- oh, right, right. <laughs> Who'd you know? And I've been um, talking about this. Uh, it's funny. It's the stuff that goes on in Wikipedia. Uh, apparently, some people have determined that uh, because we're not uh, industry professionals or whatever, uh, our sites aren't reliable for information. A lot of blah, so they can't cite us. So we're cited on every other languages Wikipedia except for the uh, American English one now. But since I was quoted in a print media, does that mean I'm officially authoritative now, even though it was Beckett? I don't know. I mean, your own intro on your site says you're an authoritative source, but I guess it doesn't count when you call yourself authoritative. (laughs) say it, right. It doesn't mean it's true. I'm authoritative on the subject of earthworms because I say so. Wow. Do you name them? Bob, (sighs) Shelly. Nah, Mary, you totally missed it. Oh, you mean like Earthworm Jim? There you go. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I wasn't a fan. All right. We have one more email, Mary. I'm going to have you read this one here from Chris. Okay, Chris. Hey guys, it's Chris here with an important question. I've currently reached episode 100 and so far haven't heard anything about it. Has Mike watched all of GT yet? I specifically remember that Mary has the right to kick Mike in the balls. No, that's not what it says. (laughs) I mean, Shin, sorry, wishful thinking. Has the right to (laughs) kick... Sorry. Wow. So my wife wants to kick me in the balls. Something is definitely wrong here. Anyway, I have the right to kick Mike in the shins. If you didn't watch it all by May 19th, 2009, back in 2006. Go ahead and disregard this if this has already happened. Just wanted Mike's shins to be smacked as much as possible. So, um, <sighs> May 19th, I don't know, what, two days? Yeah. And today would be, oh, the 17th? Think you can watch all of GT in two days? No. There, there's a reason for this. I, no, I want- no, no, there is no reason. Your shins are mine, bitch. <laughs> wow. Uh, no, there is a very clear and logical reason for this. It has to do with the future of the podcast. So if you want the podcast to continue, my shins will be free from bruises. Thank you. It is kind of pathetic, though, that we said that three years ago and couldn't even manage to watch GT in a three-year span. Yeah. Where did three no. years go? I don't... That's the thing what that the really hell? scares me. Yeah, it's frightening. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm not either. My brain is better for it. No, Chris, stay with us. Just don't go anywhere. It may take a little bit, but we're getting to it. There's a reason why we haven't watched the entire thing, talked about it on the show. Trust me. Put your faith in me. That's all I want to say. He's just trying to save his shins. Yeah. Mary, if people have questions, comments, concerns, hopes, dreams, aspirations, nightmares, Julian appreciation. Podcast at com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Thank you much. So uh, there you go. That was episode 175 of the podcast. I called it quick music reviews and tara loved that episode as well mary we'll be back next week 176 hopefully with julian yeah we're gonna like drag his ass from japan just to be on the show (laughs) i'm looking forward to it again i don't know what we're doing next week i think i've decided that we're gonna hold off on the manga review of awesomeness in case you can't tell until the first week in june we'll get back on schedule with that we'll have jeff join us again hopefully julian will be here to do with us so look forward to that but uh, we do have some other stuff to talk about things coming we've got the super exciting guides to talk about I'm going to try and get Herms on to talk about that with us. The Jump Animator DVD that recently came out. Julian still hasn't sent it to me. I'm hoping to get that soon. There's the Dragon Ball Evolution PSP game that we got at the Laser Kid Memorial one. So, for Mary, over here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For Julian, off in Japan. Thank you. Julian? I'm not Julian. <laughs> My name is Mike from Gito EX, and we'll check you next week. Daizenchu EX podcast. Konchu mo kite kudasate arigato gozaimasu. You can't